This Week in Retronauts, we're big in Japan. everyone and welcome to a tiny micro episode of Retronauts. I'm Jerry Parrish and this week I'm in Tokyo for Tokyo Game Show. And instead of talking about video games myself, I thought I would actually go to all the cool people who live here making their living working with games in the Japanese industry. Expatriate friends, folks who I know, have worked with, hang out with, Basically, people who have a, you know, a different experience than me and can speak to the Japanese retro game experience in a different way than I can. So over the next few minutes, you'll just hear various little uh, comments and snippets from people who make their living in Tokyo working with video games. So Chris Kohler, friend to man and beast, mm. tell me... What is your favorite thing about the retro gaming scene in Japan? Um, I think my favorite thing about the retro gaming scene in Japan is that there's there's so many people in the Tokyo sort of metropolitan area that the stores in, in Tokyo serve so many collectors that these stores can be incredibly impressive. You know, they can have one of everything. Um, even though here we are in Super Potato right now, and there's a lot of things that we simply cannot find even here in Akihabara. But when you come to these stores, it's not a question of like, oh, gee, I wonder what games they're going to have. Um, it's it's you you pretty much know you're going to be able to find what it is you're looking for, and also it's just going to be packed floor to ceiling with amazing stuff. I mean, have you ever found yourself disappointed by things you've been looking for that they don't have? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find a copy of Mother, the original uh, game in the Earthbound series for a friend, and I cannot find it anywhere in Tokyo right now. It's And what's, the funny thing is, it just came out on Wii U Virtual Console, so I kind of figured that, like, the people would start letting go of their copies of Mother, because now they can just play it on the Wii U, but for some reason, uh, everybody's holding on to their mothers. Well, there are different degrees of difficulty. Like, if you just want to find a cartridge of something, that's... That's so incredibly easy. It's, you know, when you want to find the complete pieces, the, you know, the rarer pieces, that, that seems to get more difficult. Yes, we can go find a cartridge of Mother right now, uh, you know, for 25 bucks, uh, but I, I can't find one with the box instructions. Um, but again, I mean, typically, you know, you, you could it, you could come to Akihabara and hit up all the stores and you would find at least one copy of what you were looking for, which is, which is to somebody who lives in the United States, completely, you know, batshit crazy. Um, there's a lot of great video game stores in the U.S., but... They, they don't have the, the, the completion of a store like this. They can't. It's impossible. So, Kyle McLean, you live in Tokyo. What is it that you love most about the retro gaming scene here? Yeah, I've been here about 10 years now, and maybe my favorite thing is um, retro gaming bars. There's three or four. Uh, they're basically specifically aimed at retro gaming, and just like the, just walking in there, it's like walking into Cheers, and everybody knows your name, and everybody knows your game, and um, just like the shared community walking to a gaming bar on like a Friday or Saturday night, and just playing 
old school Puyo Puyo or playing old school Bomberman with people who grew up with it. And uh, somebody who grew up, born and raised, grew up in America, and to have that shared experience with uh, Japanese people who were born and raised in a different country, have a different culture and different language, but that one gap of video games that we share, that's so great. And you can just, you can talk to anybody about anything at these places. So it's a great place to gather not even just like talk about video games, but like know you're in the same vicinity of people who share the same interests, and like it kind of it kind of takes you out of your shell. That doesn't mean you're going to be talking about video games the entire time, but just like oh, this person, we're on the same wavelength. So I'm not really um, like bashful. I'm not. Like, you get out of your shell when you're around people like that, and so that's a great place to go. Our video game retro video game bars in Tokyo, and a personal recommendation: there's Star Club. There's actually a Legend of Zelda's theme somewhat place in Shinjuku called Uramen, which translates to Master Quest or Second Quest. And there's a B-Dash in Nakano. And, you know, they, there's also 8-Bit Cafe, and that ranges from, like, old-school Famicom games. And some of the newer ones actually have a... They go up to, like, PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 or something like that. So that's probably my favorite thing is just going with friends and talking about old-school games at a bar somewhere in Tokyo. Yeah, when, whenever I've gone to uh, retro bars with you, you always uh, basically start out by speedrunning through Super Mario Brothers. Is that a thing you always do, or is it just like a, a coincidence that that's what I've always seen? It's kind of like, well, I go, disclosure, I go to the Star Club, which used to be called Muteki Mario, Invincible Mario, the most. And it's Mario-themed, and uh, uh, I can beat Mario, I hold the... the the record at the bar and actually sometimes when there's like you know it's kind of an awkward mood the the bartender will say Kyle play the game and then like everyone just look at the screen like what what's this guy doing so half of it's me just like hey showing off like hey guys check this out another half is like Kyle man you need to you know set the mood here and that's a lot of fun so language is is cultural it's different, but but Mario is universal, is what you're saying. Yeah, the, Mario and very much certain games, um, like uh, the, the um, Star Club. There's a Wii Virtual Console, and its fridge is full. And it's, it's certain games. I say like we share these same gaming cultural heritage points, but it's not every game. So if I, I'm an American, I go into the a game bar and I boot up um, Punch Out. That's not going to get a reaction. Because, you know, in America, that's, like, top five most popular games. In Japan, they're like, what is this? When Little Mac got unveiled for Smash, people were like, who? Um, but things like Mario or Zelda and even, like, Balloon Fight and Ice Hockey, too. Um, you get people who, like, the language is no longer a thing. And I've seen, I see it all the time. Street Fighter matches, that's another one. Street Fighter no language, no shared language whatsoever, and yet they still battle. And there's this weird kind of cultural pride in Japanese people. Like, I'm an American guy, and I will beat people in Street Fighter. And they're like, we can't lose to the American. This is a Japanese-made game. And one thing I will say about those places is, I've been in these them with you before, and I'll just sit down and people start talking. And then you will say, oh, you're friends with them, right? Like, I just met them right now. It's just we, we share that same interest, and that really opens up the door to, like, talking to people you wouldn't really talk to all the time.
Martin Robinson of Eurogamer. Tell me, what is your favorite thing about retro gaming in Tokyo in Japan? Um, one of the kind of things that still really strikes me as being super cool uh, about Japan, I mean, I love Super Potato, I love like the retro um, shop scene, but when it comes to arcades, there are still some absolutely amazing places out there. Um, I guess favorites is going to be like the Tri Tower, the Hay Tower. There's just something which really gets my heart like beating when you see a row of candy cabinets just playing all these amazing classics that are kind of half remembered from your youth. Most of them games of legend that you never quite got to play because they were uh, stayed in Japan. So yeah, and just being able to go and play these things, being able to go and play them, uh, most importantly as well. These aren't just museum pieces. These are games to be played and enjoyed at a decent price. Um, and most importantly, getting to see people play them as well and play them and enjoy them because um, I'm not too too hot at the games and I can't do one credit run on on, uh, on Thundercross 2 or Gradius as much, no matter how many times I try and no matter of fact I've got a Gradius 2 PC board at home but it's always good to see how the pros do it um, uh, it's just yeah, it's just a wonderful, it's an absolutely wonderful place to experience games. So where where is Tri Tower? Is that in Akihabara? Yeah, Tri Tower and Hay Tower, both in Akihabara. They're two kind of retro uh, based arcades. So they've got like two floors each dedicated to um, older shmups, older fighter game, older fighting games. They've got the original Darius three screen set up, which if you've never seen it in the flesh, is something is absolute thing of beauty, and it's just worth checking out for that alone. Uh, you and I have been PCB shopping before. Yeah. So tell me, if you could get any arcade PCB you want for your collection, what would it be? Like, what's your holy grail? Uh, my holy grail was the first one I got, actually. It was Gradius 2, which is why I got a candy cabinet. And I went on an adventure the first time I came uh, to Tokyo uh, with Paul Wesley and Paul, who had to drag around the shops, completely hungover. And with a complete lack of Japanese as well, uh, I had to basically stumble my way through Akihabara, try and find these shops, because they're not easy to find. They're like on the fourth, fifth floor uh, places, not particularly well signposted. Um, and the one I found was basically, it was like someone's front room above a laundrette um, in Akihabara. And it was, it took about, uh, yeah, it took most of the best part of a day to find it. And I think I nearly burst into tears when I finally got my hands on Gradius 2, which is basically the reason I exist. Maybe that's putting it a bit too, uh, a bit too extreme. But yeah, it's a re- one of the reasons I went to come over and the reason I bought a cabinet. Uh, now I've got that. God, money is just, money is always a problem with these things. Basically, I wouldn't mind getting Gradius 1, 3, 4, and a whole lot, and uh, an original Salamander, but these things go for an awful lot of money, and there's only so much I can justify to my girlfriend. McDonald of 84 Limited. That is your company name, right? It is. Okay. Indeed. What is your favorite thing about retro the retro game scene in Tokyo and or Japan? So I would say the um, the thing that I really like and I don't get enough time to enjoy, but um, when you go to the retro shops here, there is a you get um, I think being an American and coming here, the thing that I enjoy the most is seeing like the weird uh, pockets or systems that if they came out in America didn't that like got pretty short shrift. So like for example, PC Engine, mm-hmm. right? Like to me, that's that's a super interesting kind of blind spot to a lot of uh, a lot of people, even people who are avid into the scene, like you and me. It's like I feel like a lot of 
unexplored games. Part of the reason I really like like Game Center CX, which is another really awesome thing about the retro scene here in Japan, is that it's not just like a slapdash uh, YouTube guy, you know, playing through a game start to finish. It's like really curated and it's like boiled down to the best elements of these games. And these games, a lot of times are games that I've never heard of. Um, and so I really love being able to go to a game store and just sit there and leaf through, you know, like a, like going through a library and just being like, what is the cover? Oh, I've kind of seen this cover maybe somewhere. I've seen somebody talk about it or like some Kevin Gifford article about this game, or, you know, sometimes something maybe like that you've written about an older game, um, that I, what is the, what is the, um, the Famicom game where you, I'm totally blanking on it right now, but, um, where you ride on a star, um, and, uh, not Kirby, <laughs> but you, you like throw stars. Ah, fuck. I'm totally blanking on it, but it was, um, a bunch of the Howl guys, I think before they, before they got it. It's really sought after. Anyway, I hadn't really like heard oh, or, gimmick. Yes. Gimmick. Of course. Yeah. It's like $700. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, but like, you know, it's it's fairly well known, but I hadn't really heard about that when I first came to Japan. And it's actually like a really amazing game. Came out super late in the in the Famicom's life cycle and was doing a lot of stuff with the hardware. But anyway, that's what I love about the retro scene here is actually uh, having access to that kind of stuff and also like an appreciation for it with stuff like Game Center CX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can go to a store and, like, even for systems that you knew and loved, like the NES, mm-hmm. there's still just this other flip side of things that, yeah. that only happened in Japan. And, like, you know, Saturn and PS1, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there were just so many games coming out that a lot of which ended up being Japan only. Um, and the coverage was such back then that even with the, the, the internet, like not everything got like a ton of coverage. There's still these like undiscovered games and not all of them are gems. I won't even call them undiscovered gems, but they're weird and flawed in super interesting ways. And like, that's what I, I just like love, or even just like, you know, the artwork of a lot of those old PC engine games and stuff like that. Um, or, yeah, I mean, you can pick up a game here that you've never heard of, and it'll either be really good or else it'll be really terrible, but it'll have just beautiful 80s anime-style cover art, yeah. one or the other. At that whole era, you know, even in the um, the video game magazines, you know, having had video game magazines that were weekly, that's another thing I have to say I really love about the about. Uh, the scene here and you can find these but like just leafing through those and seeing the japanese ads for old games that you knew and loved um or again just coverage of games that you never heard of or maybe they're games that never came out events around some of these older games and things like that like it's like a super like heavy heavy super dose of nostalgia but um yeah i don't know that's uh, i'd find that stuff totally fascinating
And then finally, I threw the question to Keiji Inafune, head of Comcept and of course the co-creator of the Mega Man games. And Mr. Inafune gave the most Inafune answer imaginable. I've been just talking to different people, asking everyone, like, what is your favorite thing about the retro and classic gaming scene in Japan? Um, and I'd like to ask you that, too, because you had a hand in creating many of these games that people love and go shopping for when they're here with such a connection to uh, the gaming scene here. Uh, what do you find special or unique about the, the love of retro game ideas and, and properties that, that you find here in Japan? This is just my opinion and my thoughts. Uh, when, when you say a retro game or when you say just game to Japanese people, I think most people will think about uh, you know, Mario, Super Mario or Dragon Quest or you know, that era's game because that was when Japan, the game industry is totally booming at, at its top, at its best. So I think when people say game, they automatically think about that time. And from the, the side of the business, of course they want people to buy games and buy their products. Uh, and that's why they're making you know, these products based on the retro uh, style of games and because of the retro love uh, what people have. So even for the uh, Japanese mobile game industry, uh, the graphic or the game itself looks kind of re retro in a way because they know when people think about a game, that's the picture they have in their mind, not like Call of Duty or the AAA titles nowadays. But when Japanese people think games, it's back then. this is kind of sad to say, but I, I think it's not too far off from the actual reason why people love virtual game or why there's so many uh, virtual game uh, existence or the uh, you can find in Japan. So that's just my guess. Thank you.